0: yeah, oh yeah, can I get up? Oh yeah, oh yeah, can I get it up? What's up, enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, Elsie, the mayor. Now let's get to it. What's up, enterprisers? This is a special episode. I found an article online about being in marketing and being a black owned business and if you should present your business as a black owned business or not. And um, I found an article in the Chicago Tribune that really spoke to this. And they had an audio version of the article that I would love for you to listen to. And then the episode will start with me and my good friend, Maestro Stevens, breaking down the article, the audio article and what we thought about it and how we've implemented or not the concept into our own businesses. So check out the audio article. It's a Chicago Tribune written by Cheryl Jackson and after that you'll hear myself and maestro stevens breaking down the article enjoy
1: when building your business means hiding that it's black owned in growing his patio installation company Dwayne drawn erased all clues to the public that he a black man owned the business that meant no photos of him or his family on his website giving potential customers the impression the business was part of a franchise and that he was a project manager, not the owner, and recruiting a white insurance company representative to conduct job interviews and assembling his white sales team. The covert tactics helped him to bill more than $6 million over nine years to a white clientele he perceived as racist, as he often encountered potential customers who slammed doors in his face or refused to allow him in their homes, he said. I never said I wasn't the owner. If asked. I would admit it. But I always said I was either the project manager or a designer, he said. Drawn is among entrepreneurs who feel compelled to conceal the fact that their businesses are black-owned for fear they will lose patronage, either to misperceptions that the products or services are only for blacks, or to racial biases on the part of potential users. Some entrepreneurs leave their photos out of websites and marketing materials. Others give the impression that their white employees actually own the operations. Drawn closed his construction business and moved to Naperville to start Visex Design Studios' landscaping design firm in 2014. After about a year, he became comfortable enough to reveal himself as the owner. Other business owners have reached out to me. I am closing deals. But I'm so used to protecting myself, Every time I knock on the door, I do have a fear, he said. He's even put his photo on his company's website and Facebook page. That's not a move Chicago tech entrepreneur James Parker is ready to make. He's opted to keep his image out of the promotion of his bestdatenight.com, which offers discounted date outings. The idea in any tech startup is to grow it, make a lot of money and dump it for more money, he said. As soon as you say it's black-owned, white people will believe it's only for black people, and black people will look for something wrong with it. According to a 2014 Nielsen report on African-American buying habits, 55 percent of blacks with household incomes of at least $50,000 said they would buy or support a product if it was sold or supported by a person of color or minority-owned business. Only 20% of non-African Americans in the same income bracket felt the same. The report did not specify the answers of the remaining respondents. Concerned that potential white customers would read a dominant black presence as meaning services and products are solely for black buyers, some founders minimize or eliminate images of other black people in advertisements and marketing, as well. Parker hires white spokespeople to represent the company for general market audiences. And although the founding team of Go Dutch today is a trio of African-American women, only one of five couples featured on the website for the dating and meeting app is Black. That plays out across all of the team's connection businesses to broaden appeal and help attract investors, said CEO Alicia Sargent. At the end of the day, We don't want our brand to be black, said Sargent, a former digital account executive at BET. Obviously, we want black people to utilize it. However, marketing has to be very broad and multicultural. It's kind of unfortunate, but if we want to go further and appeal to venture capitalists and angel investors, we can't just be black. Pepper Miller, president of the Hunter Miller Group Market Research and strategic planning firm in Chicago, said she understands some decisions to downplay black ownership. It's not about anybody selling out. People are trying to survive. There's a perception that black people can only do black stuff, said Miller, who began focusing on black consumer marketing when she was denied broader work when starting out in the 1980s. It ain't pretty, but it's the truth, she said. It's called racism. As much as we want to feel like we're not dealing with that, we are. But Joni Jackson, assistant professor of marketing at Chicago State University, sees little advantage to the tactic and said it encourages a perception of inferiority among black owned businesses. I understand startup businesses might think this is a way to get some traction but at what point do you reveal that the company is black-owned and operated? Jackson said, if you're concerned about negative stereotypes that are triggered by associations with that, who's to say they won't be triggered once someone realizes that it is, in fact, a black-owned company? Parker said he'll worry about that later. I need people to look at the app, and not the app developer yet, said Parker, who was the former operator of a website that promoted black-owned businesses. After I've milked the opportunities, then I'll come out as CEO. Racism. Chicago State University.
0: What is your reaction to that? (laughs) I know it's kind of a lot in there, but (laughs) so maybe let's, let's take a pause and why don't you Tell us a little bit about who you are and what business you run. <laughs> and then about,
1: oh, we'll
2: try to unpack <laughs> information. Some of that. <laughs> I was trying to follow the stories because they were kind of like uh, a that movie, was, like that was a back lot. and forth between the that stories. Um, my name is Maestro Stevens, and right now I am operating a creative agency and a minority-owned blog. So this conversation is just perfect and i just launched recently or i'm launching this week a template shop which is so perfect as well for this conversation because i feel like um that tech owner in a way um i don't know if name was but basically uh the guy who was like i'll deal with it later like i'm gonna i'm gonna milk the opportunities and i'll deal with revealing myself later and that's kind of the same I would say predicament that I'm in. So that article was right on time because my, the template shop that I'm dropping actually went viral in a couple of Facebook groups. And I exchanged my beta testing period of these pre templates to these Facebook groups. Didn't think that they were going to actually bite on it, filling out my survey. I did a 10 pers- I did a 10 question survey. And one of the questions were, what ethnicity are you? And most of them are Caucasian or white and they know I'm black because I'm in the Facebook group. So I was very shocked to get a lot of non-black minorities, even though my posts, I I told people that I made this particularly directed for minorities and non-minorities are still attracted to it anyway. So I was originally going to put it on my blog platform before I put created a whole separate entity and website to separate the minority platform from the template shop. How ironic is that? So it's very interesting to hear those stories.
0: Now, let me ask you this before we get into unpacking something, because everybody has a different opinion about this. As you can imagine, we're not monolithic, right? There's some people who agree with doing it, some people who agree with, with not doing it. So first, let me get your position. Do you think that as a black business owner, you let me backtrack, do you think that it's a thing? And if so, which direction have you decided to go?
2: Yes. Elsie, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely think it's a thing. It's, it's, um, something that I feel has plagued my entire career. It's felt like a plague, felt like a virus that I just couldn't get rid of. So yeah, I definitely think it exists. I just think that because of what happened, uh, in recent times, you know, with all the, the activism, the awareness, you know, the woke stage that we're in, that it's just starting to hit a different point. I, I literally am listening to that, that some um the uh, first story, and I'm like, was that post or pre? Because post and pre are two different things. Like you could 10 years ago, we could have a conversation, but none today, post and pre are two, they're, they're two almost opposites in a way. So I think it exists, but I think now it's becoming more of a benefit if you use it correctly.
0: Okay, interesting. So, how have you decided to proceed? You said that you have some projects that are kind of percolating that you're making some considerations. How have you decided to present your
2: project? So far, the template shop that we're building, I'm only on the demo page in the video, not on the home page. I'm just being practical and telling the truth right now, y'all. Like they may change, that might change, whatever. But right now, I'm not on the home page. I'm not on the contact page. I'm not on the pricing page. I'm only on the demo page by default because somebody got to show them how to use it or what it is, right? <laughs> like somebody got to. So to your point, like it was only because <laughs> of the survey. Like I use data and statistics to help me make a pivot. Cause as I mentioned before, I literally was putting this template, uh, process or resources on my minority blog, which is already set up and, and, um, out, but because of the responses from this survey that prompted me to separate the two so that way i could potentially hit more of an audience and when i think about my international potential and not just the minority potential it really helps a lot too so i didn't want people to feel neglected when they're showing me support like they want me to give them whatever i'm giving them no matter what color i am that part is, to me, is the end goal. Like, I really don't want color to have to be anything for any, but that's not the realities. So I listened to the customers. I listened to the audience and they were like, hey, my show, like, we really like you. We want you to keep making things for us. And I could either say, no, screw that. Y'all ain't black or Latin or whatever. or I can say, OK, let me make a pivot and let me do something different. And I chose to make a pivot and do something different.
0: The fact that we even have to consider it, I think, illustrates the issue. Absolutely. Um, but I think that is healthy to have the conversation. Right. Um, I was talking to a gentleman earlier today that we were talking about uh, in business, how you have to take the mentality of no excuses. And to some respects, I, I completely agree with that. And what we talked through was you do have to understand and realize when the challenge is there. But where we both agreed is that you don't let that challenge stop you. You you work through it. Right. Uh the way we displayed it was you get punched in the face. Right. And it's a part of life, it's a part of business. And right. it, you just right. have to roll with the punches pun intended, right? And succeed anyway. Yeah. If you're if you're a yeah. winner. Somebody said that winners win. That's what they do, right? That's what we do. And so whether you decide to put your brown face on your website or not, I think it's important to understand that, number one, yes, it's a thing. You may lose business. You may gain business because people know who you're targeting. They know that the product or service is for them, and it streamlines your focus. Does that mean that you do not do business with anybody who is not? No, just means that that is your focus and your intent. So I, I kind of understand both sides of it, where in one respect, as a business owner, entrepreneur, you have to be focused. You have to yeah. um, to really hone in and, on your target market and and serve them. But on the other hand, there might yeah. be pro- projects or businesses where it makes more sense to have a broader appeal. So I think um, to your point, using data and, and, and statistics is an important um, aspect of that decision as well.
2: I agree. I think that the root cause of this problem is data and statistics and also some form of delusion, some form of, you know, or, or not fair expectations. And what I mean by that is that, especially with all this information, like, okay, I mean, we're not in the fifties. We're not in the sixties. We're not in the seventies. We ain't in the 80s we We're not in the nineties. We ain't in the two thousands. We literally have information in our fingertips. We literally have infinite possibilities with the internet so if you are a company and i I believe in my opinion this particularly happens to black and latin owned businesses that are in certain industries with certain expectations of revenue and income and money based on their products and services and that's what's really causing the disconnect right there because in other industries you're not going to have as much problems with your face being black or brown being an issue of conversion that's what we're really talking about here how is that affecting your conversion so if you know your target market if you're in a certain uh um you know you're you working i don't want to say working within your means but you are being practical to some extent you know while you're still dreaming for the you know shooting for the stars i think that you have less of that problem so i feel like it really is about being realistic you gotta be like it's about being realistic if you if you're playing the white man's game. If you're playing a a predominant industry that white men have been dominating, like you can't change history. You can't change things the way you see it. You can't change that. So if you're in an industry that is predominantly taken over by a certain culture, ethnicity, creed, gender, whatever the case is, and then you come in that industry and you get mad because you ain't getting no love the way that, you know, you're being a little unfair to an extent. Now it's wrong that you ain't getting love, but you're entering into a pool that doesn't have your type of fish or look or scales. Uh, so it's just how you play that. That's just how I had to really come to see it. To your point, no excuses. I don't want to be a ring victim. <laughs> like I don't play the victim card game no more.
0: Interesting. So how do you feel? I heard one, one, the, the one gentleman I love say, that. I'll come out as <laughs> the CEO when he felt that it was necessary. Like what, what? What emotions does that involve when you when you hear him say that?
2: I love it in one sense because he recognizes the game. Like I can tell he's smart. I can tell he's going to play a long game because he recognizes. And when you recognize the game, and you recognize the rules. You have a better opportunity of winning. Like he said, winners win. But on the other end, I feel like you just said it before that, you know, we shouldn't have to feel that way and think that. And um, go in that route. We shouldn't have to. But the whole shouldn'ts and couldn'ts and wouldn'ts, like those things, like they're great. But until we actually do something, how do we do something about the shouldn'ts, couldn'ts and wouldn'ts? Because they're already there. Well, I felt great that he said that because I felt like he really, truly recognizes his, his, his situation.
0: Have you ever had this happen? There was another part in the article where they were talking about how white employees were perceived as the owner of the business have you ever had that happen to you
2: when they were talking about it in that part of the article I thought about you immediately and your story where you know you had your uh, assistant or one of your staff members who was a woman and she was white if i'm not mistaken and somebody had mistaking her for the ball you know you had to like raise your hand like let them know like i own the business so your story i mean i'll let you tell you tell it better than me but your story really resonated i was like immediately i was like oh shoot <laughs>
0: That was cool. Uh, it was interesting. Yeah, I, I could definitely identify with that. I've had that happen on multiple occasions where in a casual conversation, we're talking about podcast town and the more predominant thing that I will usually get was, is it a franchise?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And that, that says a lot with that question. And then, then the second, I, I guess a close second would be, is so-and-so the the owner." And to your point, it's one of those things where negativity always say it's important to bring it to the table, to analyze it and to extract pieces of it that might be true. Right. And then take the rest of it and kind of scoot it off the table and deal with what's left. Um, and so for me, that tells me a lot about the brand, what we're doing right, what we could be doing better or how we can position ourselves in the market. And so instead of getting upset or angry about it. Right you know i take
2: it as an opportunity to learn and and to grow i agree and i think sometimes you do i think getting angry and upset for those who are listening that have been mad and get angry and upset i have been uh, i don't know about you <laughs> i'm i'm assuming at one point in time you were mad too you know when, especially when we're just getting on our getting our feet together but i think that that helps feel i think that that's a natural um response and if somebody that was black or latin or um you know, a person of color, even Native American, or Middle Eastern. I think anybody like that, that is getting that situation, having that situation happen to them for the first time or first few times, the immediate reaction, in my opinion, should be anger or mad, because then I'm going to feel like, are you a robot? Like, are you not human? Are you just one of those people who just does no emotion touches you? And that scares me more than the people who get angry, in my opinion. So, because I love to hear the stories about people who got angry or who were upset. They didn't violently react to it, but they, you know, activated something within them that made them make a change. I love those stories more than anything because I feel like those missions and that, that long term goal over there is going to last longer than a person who's like, eh, who cares? Or eh, especially a, min- a, a you know, a minority in that situation. So let's
0: address home for a second. By home, I mean black and brown business owners. In your opinion, is it a thing? Where when we know that the business is Black-owned, there are a separate set of expectations and a higher level of scrutiny that happens because we know that the business is Black or Brown-owned.
2: Yeah, I think there is. A <laughs> higher level of expectations and scrutiny.
0: Why would we scrutinize a business that Maestro owns as a, over a, a business that's owned by... A non-maestro.
2: I think that's a unfair. See, I, you don't know you asked a double-sided question. And the reason why I'm going to say it this way is because my name already has context to it. Expectation. Not before my face is even involved, my name. And you don't answer by that name. You don't, you don't have that name. You don't um, lead by that name. The same way with my company. You don't lead by the, the, the name of Iconic and not have the expectation of what quality Of some whatever the words in the dictionary come to mind leading behind that name. So having the name Maestro immediately create qualify creates expectation, blackface or no blackface. But you know, having the blackface and having the name Maestro, it adds a double standard to it because even with just out the name involved in it, I have to have an expectation to play as hard, I mean harder than the other players in the game you know specifically for for me like in the the marketing industry yeah i have to have i have a way there's so much stigma that you know i'm going to cheapen the process i'm going to mess up the process i'm not going to deliver on the process or the delivery you know i can keep going on and on the stigma that a person is already in their brains thinking even if they like me personally it has nothing to do with me. It's just what they've been taught, conditioned, or experienced with. So I feel like that there is a stigma. It's very un, 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 unfair. You know, I'm not taking the victim route, and I'm not going to backtrack on what I said, but it is true. There's scrutiny so much. And I, and, I, and I think it's one because we are harder on ourselves as a culture, very hard on ourselves.
0: And I've struggled to figure out why, because I agree with you. I think that when, and I've seen this in, in, in the businesses that I've run, The expectation and when things don't go perfectly, it's amplified over and beyond what it what I've seen in my experience for others. And I can't say I know why. I wish I knew why. So one of the reasons why I want to have this conversation is is to unpack and to expand and figure out why is it the way it is? and, And are there ways that we can work together through dialogue, conversation and action to change that?
2: Right, I, I agree. Um, do you feel that, on a case-by-case basis, from industry to industry, that there is a major difference in the level of the scrutiny, or do you think it's balanced throughout all the industries and market?
0: I have not noticed a variation across the industry. I've found that, and, and I think part mm-hmm. of it too is is double-sided. It's sort of like if you look at when I look at my work, Mm -hmm. I'm harder on myself than anybody Mm -hmm. could ever be. I'm not a perfectionist per se, but I'm operating excellent. And so I hold myself to that standard. And so I think it's almost this internal thing that we have is like, okay, if I'm looking at home, meaning black and brown businesses, I have that same level of expectation of them because I feel that connection with them. Me personally, I've gotten better at not doing that, but I think you have to be intentional about that because it's your natural inclination, I think, to want to see a certain level of excellence. And because you realize that, Mm -hmm. hey, if I look on a website and there's a, a word that's misspelled, from a, you know, a black owned right. business it was like, Oh no, we can't have that. We have to be, you know what I mean? We have to be excellent versus if I see it on a a, a non-white um, business, I mean, they, right. you know, for the most part, you know, and, and we're generalizing, but I kind of feel like it's, that's a large part of it is like, we want each other to win. But I think on the flip side of that, we got haters that, you know, for whatever reason, they're miserable right. people. They weren't able to, you know, losers lose. And so when they see winners winning, they want to hate and, and bring it up. And they feel more comfortable doing so when the face looks like theirs. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. These are just observations that I've made over the years. So I think it's a combination of, of those two things.
2: You said excellence. I was going to ask you, is, is do you feel black excellence is a thing? It
0: has to be a thing. You don't win without it. You know, when I was in corporate, if you walked in the boardroom and you saw a black or brown face in there, Mm -hmm. you could automatically assume number one, they know their stuff and they could probably run the company if they, if they wanted to like, because you have to be twice as good. I wholeheartedly believe that that is a thing. You have to be better. You have to be smart, smart. You have to be faster. You have to learn how to take more punches. Like you just, you just have to, that's just a part of the game to your earlier point. So so yeah, so but I think again it can work both ways where when you're thinking about things like having an advocate, having uh, mentors and support, some people operate with an expectation that because you have gotten to a certain place that you owe it to them to mentor or coach or help. And I'm from the school of, of the thought that no. Nobody owes you anything. Right. They don't have right. to do anything. They don't have to speak to you on the elevator. They don't owe you that. And so anytime people do, mm-hmm. you should appreciate that because they don't have to do it.
2: They definitely don't. I agree with that.
0: Now, help me understand in, in your perspective how we begin to make a make a a, a shift in, in mindsets, which is probably one of the hardest things to do. As a podcaster, entrepreneur, what are things that I can do that we can do to start to shift the mindset around black excellence and helping people make the decision on do they put their face on their brand or not?
2: Well, I think to connect the connection of the question that I had asked earlier with the question you're asking now, I feel like we first have to understand where we are culturally. From a expectation of ourselves, are we looking to try to match benchmark, you know, match the benchmark or the, or uh, the standard of other, the non home, as you said, I'm just using the home, but, uh, you know, match the standard of that. Or are we just saying, you know, we have our own standard as people beyond just the cultural, uh, you know, disproportion or separation? Because I feel that there is a part where it could be, um, very anthem, I would say, like thematic and anthem and rah-rah, like using the term black excellence versus excellence. That's why I asked you specifically, because you didn't say black excellence, you said excellence. That's why I asked you, is black excellence? Because you have people that will intentionally use the word black excellence, you know, black people or excellence, meaning, you know, that it's not just excellent, but it's another level. Like I have to put the, and then you have other same people of the same culture, black people that say they're tired of having to put the word black before excellent. Why can't I just be excellent? I can't, why does it have to be black? So there's a two, there's two different types of people that I've heard, seen, and, and I'm listening to that say, you know, I'm advocating for black excellence over here. And then other black people over here are saying, we're tired of using the word black before excellent. Why can't we just be excellent? So I think that that shift that you're talking about in the mindset, it starts like there, like which side are you on? Cause they're different. They are, they're different. You know, they're not the same thing as far as the approach. So I think that um, once a person identifies which route they're going, are they going the black excellence route or are they going that nah, it's just excellent is excellent. And I'm tired of having to uphold the standard of blackness. Why can't I just be me? I think once you internally talk to yourself and have that conversation and stuff, then you can begin the mindset and the shifting and and you're you're willing to open up and listen to. Other than that, I feel like you're going to be torn between the two.
0: That is a very, very interesting perspective. I have not heard anybody formulate it that way. So hopefully this has been a, a good discussion, Maestro. I've, I've had a good time. Any last thoughts? Anything that I missed that you wanted to talk about?
2: I know what prompted our conversation th- that you were excited about and I was excited about was just people not being afraid to put their face, their brown face, their black face on the website. Like that's the most important part, right? Just the whole, don't be afraid. Don't be fearful of it because there are people that came before, you know, the people that are listening that are newer in the the conversation like you and myself that have been through those, you know, trials, tribulations, tests. And we're, we, you know, um, thank God that we're actually moving forward and we're progressing in our journeys and getting through that to be able to have these conversations. So I think that the biggest thing I want people to take away, listen to this. Cause we haven't really talked about, you know, we've discussed the article and different nuances of our perspectives, but what are we telling the people? I think like, what is the one thing they, they should be taking away? Uh, I, from you, it might be something different, but for me, it's really just don't be fearful. Don't be afraid to do that, but also listen to your audience. Listen to your audience while you listen to your heart. And um like the kids, you know, I don't want to call them the kids. I feel like I'm old. I'm not old. <laughs> like, but the tech, the young tech, um you know, entrepreneur, you know, I'll wait till, you know, I'll get, till I get this far, then I'll reveal myself. If that's what you need to do, don't feel guilty about it. And if you don't want to do that, don't feel guilty about it. I think a lot of people are going back and forth between do I feel guilty or not guilty for the when both routes can be right. It's just how you adjust along the way and where you end up at.
0: Yeah, I could not have said it better myself. Thank you so much, Maestro, for you, the welcome. conversation, for the, the insight and perspective. Um, if people want to reach out to learn more about you, your business, and uh, what you do, how can they do that?
2: Just find me on LinkedIn, Maestro Stevens. I love to connect with people. That's first and foremost, best thing I want people to do is just connect with me so we can have conversations. And if you want to email me, I'll give you the minority platform uh, email because I feel like those are listening to this are more likely to want to utilize that. Um, it's uh, hello at iconicelearning.com. Again, it's hello at iconicelearning.com.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it.